This is a Cincy fan talking with LP. You can catch me on Twitter. That's a Cincy fan talking. You say it like it sounds, just leave off the G. If you have ideas for the show, you can reach me at Cincy underscore fan talk at yahoo.com. If you have any suggestions for the show, make sure you leave them there. Who knows? You might find yourself as part of the show. Any feedback would be definitely appreciated. And also, make sure you hit the link tree page that's on my Twitter. Make sure you click on that. You can find all the different ways to contact me there. Enjoy the show. What's up? What's up? What's going on? And welcome everybody to the Humble Pod. Welcome to a Sensi Fan Talking with LP. And of course, this is yours truly, LP. Got to roll with you for a little bit about sports, about you know, all the stuff that's kind of going on in my brain. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit of Bengals, we're gonna talk a little bit of Bearcats. Uh, we also gonna get into some WNBA stuff. Um, yeah, Chicago Sky, um, took it all over the weekend, so we're going to kind of get into that and talk a little bit about my experience with women's basketball and girls' basketball. So we're going to go ahead and hop into that. Um, the Bengals caught themselves dub number four, um, up to four and two for the year. So definitely congratulations to that. Um, shout out to them for doing their thing. Last year, they went four, 11, and one. <laughs> yeah, tragic. This year, four and two. So they already have the same amount of wins that they had last year after six games. And like I've been saying, the NFL is really a microcosm of society. That's really what it is. You have two, three, maybe four really good teams. You have two, three, four really bad teams. And you have everybody else in this crowded, bloated middle. That's America for real. You have a few people on the top, you have a few people on the bottom, and everybody else fighting for space here in the middle. That's pretty much how it is. The key to being a good NFL team is winning those five or six plays that happen in the game. If you can get more of those plays than the other team, you get the W. If you don't, you get the L. I'm not saying it's luck. It's not really like a luck thing involved in this. It's more like And I actually tell my kids this. You put yourself in a position to get lucky. I mean, there are a lot of people in the world. Good luck comes up to them and they can't take advantage of it because they didn't put themselves in a position to take advantage of it. I mean, if you luck up into $3,000, but you got so many bills and you got so many outstanding obligations, that you really can't take advantage of like the the $3,000. That's, it's a combination of poor planning coming up with good luck. Because now you're throwing your whole $3,000, not throwing it away, but you got to catch up on old bills and you got to pay people back. And now you're looking up and you got like $27.32 and you're kind of salty. You're like, dang, why couldn't I have this a, a couple years ago when I had everything together? 
you didn't put yourself in a position to take advantage of the good luck. Now, say somebody find $3,000 and they have all their obligations taken care of. You know, they got a couple of bills, but for the most part, they are good. They can take advantage of that good luck because they put themselves in a position to do so. That's really what the NFL is. Good teams are good talent-wise. They're good schematically. And when they get lucky, they can take advantage of it. When they get a call that goes their way, an instant replay that goes their way, they can take advantage of it. Bad teams can't do that. The Bengals are becoming a good team because they're putting themselves in positions that when they get lucky, they can take advantage of it. And the best part about this win for the Bengals, the best part is now that they're 4-2, and two, this next game coming up against the Ravens, they need it, but they don't really need it. You know what I mean? That That's the best part about what happened with the Bengals. They got the dub, so this game against the Ravens is going to be extremely tough. This will be a great win, but if they lose, it's not the end of the world because everybody behind them is at least a game back. Well, exactly a game back. So that's the good news for the Bengals. The bad news for the Bengals is that the Bengals are playing the Ravens, and the Ravens have been torturing the, the Bengals. The Ravens have been torturing the Bengals lately. It, it's been absolutely bad. Lamar Jackson just been running over the Bengals, throwing over the Bengals. And the defense, we really can't do much with the defense. I'm hoping this year is different because the Bengals' defense is different. They look like they're built to stop the run. In the AFC North, if you can't stop the run, your team is trash. I mean, look at Cleveland's running game. Look at Pittsburgh's. I guess you can call it a running game, but it's more like them throwing horizontally and running the ball. And then you look at the Ravens running game. If you can't stop the run in the AFC North, prepare to be in third or fourth place. Right now, the Bengals are stopping the run. And I've changed my viewpoint on Lamar Jackson. And it's cool to change your view. You know, you see different things and you start thinking differently. I really thought Lamar Jackson was like, out here masquerading as a as a quarterback, but really his run game was strong, so it kind of hid his deficiencies. Man, Lamar Jackson, the truth, like, like he really is flat out. I, I I won't even hold you up because he can run so well, but if you sleep on him, he can get the passes off, and not just adequately. He can make those throws in the tight windows. He can get it done. Covering the covering the tight ends would be so important because that's Lamar Jackson's kind of like his his safety valve, his outlet. He'll target those tight ends. So you gotta cover Mark Andrews, you gotta cover all the tight ends. And hopefully the Bengals can get a W. Hopefully. I, I won't say that I'm not optimistic, but I will say that I'm way more optimistic than I was at the beginning of the season. I had written this off as an L. Just just flat out L, let's move on to the next game. Let's see if we can beat the Jets. But I'm optimistic. Now, this optimism might turn into a, a 15-point, 16-point loss, but it also might turn into a win. So we'll definitely see what happens. But the thing about the Bengals this year, and people will kind of say what they want to say about it, the Bengals are beating the teams that they're supposed to beat. 
If you are going to be a good NFL team, you have to beat the teams you're supposed to be and kind of sort of split even with those tough teams until you get to the playoffs. So if you're looking down your schedule and you're seeing teams with one win, two wins, one win, one win, these are teams that you are supposed to beat in order to get your record to where you want it to be at. You can't have those, and everybody's going to have a bad loss. It's the NFL that's going to happen. But you can't keep letting those bad teams beat you. Because if you do, you're not a good team. You can't be a good team if you're losing bad teams. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, when you say it out loud, it, it makes even more sense. You can't call yourself a good team and you're losing the bad teams. That's why the Jacksonville game kind of worried me because I was like, if the Bengals are letting Jacksonville hang in like this, what does that say about them? The way that they beat Detroit was was great. They didn't look surprised about it. They didn't look super overjoyed because they were thumping the Lions. They were like, we came here to do business and we're doing business. It, it was good to see. It, it, it was really good to see. The thing for this week will be stopping the run. If the Bengals can stop the run, they have an excellent chance to win this game. If you see the Ravens, and, and this is what you should know, first down. If you see the Ravens consistently getting five to six yards on first down, this is going to be a bad game for the Bengals. The Bengals must hold hold the line on first down, two-yard gains, three-yard gains, things like that. That's what should be happening on first down because as good of a quarterback as Lamar Jackson is, the strength of the Ravens is the running game. So if you can stop the running game, you can beat the Ravens. Now, you can say that's simple, but it's not simple because if it was simple, everybody would be doing it and the Ravens would have one win. So it's not really simple, but that should be the target. Stop the run, keep yourself in the game. First down will be the key, good people. Because you want you don't want second and three. <laughs> you don't want second and two. Because a second and two means I can do whatever I want. On second and two, I can send my wide receivers straight down the middle. I can run reverses. I can run flea flickers. I can literally do whatever I want to do on second down. Because on third and two, I'm getting that. <laughs> like that's not a problem at all. But if you can make it second and seven, second and eight, something like that. The other team, the Ravens, they have to get something going so they can make third down, third and short. So that's the key. First down will be the key all game long. And again, if you see the Ravens biting off big chunks of yards on first down, is is going to be a bad time. And I feel like the Bengals know this. I feel like they understand this because the last couple of times they played the Ravens, this is exactly what happened. Large chunks on first down. So address first down issues. That, that'll be my main key. So definitely good luck to the Bengals. Uh, it's, it's really cool to see the city, you know, getting behind the Bengals and getting excited about, about really good NFL football from our squad. You know, in October, hopefully it rolls over into November and we talking real good stuff in December. I don't even know what I don't even know what my power would look like if, if we talking about the Bengals in the playoff hunt 
in December. I, I don't even know. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Um, as far as the Bearcats, the Bearcats are ranked number two um, ahead of Ohio State, who is at number five. And I never thought I'd hear, I never thought I'd see that a day in my natural life. I think I said that before, but it's, it's just wild to see UC at number two in football and Ohio State behind them. And I heard somebody on the radio, some um, some talk radio station, talking about how the Bearcats still really don't have a chance to get into the college football playoff because of their schedule and because of, you know, how bad the conference is and all of that. And I'm just listening like, man, this, this is really messed up. Like the way that we move the goalposts for teams like the Bearcats is outrageous. True, the conference is down, but people will say that about the uh, American Athletic Conference every single year. There's always going to be maybe two teams that are really good and everybody else will be in that super bloated, below average field. That's going to be the American athletic every year. But what makes me kind of look sideways to this whole situation is the fact that the Bearcats have done everything that has been asked of them. And they're still going to get played out of the CFP unless crazy stuff happens. If you notice last year, the Bearcats went undefeated and were still behind two two two-loss teams which is absolutely crazy. So the, the main thing that the pundits were saying was that, you know, the Bengals need to have a great non-conference schedule. They need to make sure they beat every team on their schedule and they need to win handily in order to give themselves a chance. So going down the checklist, the Bengals at my fault, the Bearcats beat Indiana at Indiana. And, and you can say, well, you know, Indiana's not what they're supposed to be, but that's still a good power five squad. They've only lost to ranked teams. They don't have a loss against anybody that's not ranked. So you can say they're bad, but they've lost a really good competition, including UC. UC then goes on the road and beats Notre Dame. I'm not understanding how you can discard that that win and say, oh, well, oh, well, what? Notre Dame was undefeated before that. So I don't really get the OLs. So the non-conference schedule has been awesome. And then UC has gone into conference and methodically smashed everybody they've played so far. Uh, A decent UCF team beat them bad. And then last week just beat the mess out of, I don't know, Temple or whoever it was. I mean, it, it was really bad. That's what they're supposed to do. But UCF was last week, Temple was the week before. The the Bearcats are doing everything that has been asked of them, everything that they're quote-unquote supposed to do in order to make the college football playoff. And still, when you read what needs to happen for them to, to make it there, it's they need chaos in a couple of conferences, and they need Notre Dame to keep winning and blah, blah, blah. This moving the goalposts, essentially says everything that you need to know about college football in this current state. There are about six teams right now with a legitimate shot to make the college football playoff. 
If they win their games, they'll be in. Six. <laughs> Sadly, UC is not one of those teams, even though they're number two in the nation. This is college football in this current state. College football is really about the money. It's about the eyeballs. It's about the sexy matchups. A lot of people are like, they don't want to see UC playing Georgia or UC playing Oklahoma in a college football playoff because they want the fan bases there and they want the the solid ticket sales and they want the TV revenue. And the stuff that happens on the field needs to matter more than all of this. And if it doesn't, that's an indictment on a college football playoff. This was made to make the stuff on the field matter. So if you have, like, if Ohio State went on the road and beat Notre Dame, they can take a loss and they're still in, no matter what. And you can say it's because of the strength of the conference and blah, blah, blah. But the stuff that happens on the field needs to matter. The results need to matter. And if the results don't matter, if everything's pretty much predetermined and there's only six or seven teams that have a chance anyway, then what's really the point? Even when they expand the playoff, instead of having six teams that have a 94% chance of making it, there's going to be about eight teams or nine teams that have a 97% chance of making it. And they'll all be power five schools. So what really needs to happen is that we need to reward teams for having schedules like you see. They need to be rewarded. They need to have that little bit of leeway, just like the quote unquote power five teams, because I won't say it's not fair because fair doesn't really matter in sports. I mean, like, you know, equal and fair. That's that's kind of up to you, kind of how you see it as a fan. But. The stuff that a team does on the field. That needs to take precedent over everything else, for instance. As salty as I would be if Oregon made it over Ohio State for the like fourth spot in the college football playoff, I would be like, dang, that's messed up. I feel like we're a better team now than what Oregon is now. But Oregon beat Ohio State. That needs to matter. So if the stuff on the field doesn't matter, then what are we really doing? Why don't we just go ahead and take the four teams that we think will make the great matchup and put them in there right now. Why are we wasting time with all of this stuff acting like this is the greatest thing in college football? This has been the greatest week when we know what we're headed towards. I mean, we we can see the freight train coming. We can predict three of the four teams right now. Georgia, um, probably Alabama, probably Oklahoma. And everybody else is fighting for that fourth spot unless we see all types of losses happen. It, it's, it's really, and like I said, we can say it's not fair, but when it's all said and done, we complain about certain matchups because we want to see the biggest teams play. So is it really on the committee picking the teams or do they know what fans want to see? That, that's just kind of my thought on it. They're really just doing what they think we want to see. So we as fans need to make it clear that we want to see the four teams that earned the playoff spot. And that's what it should be. 
it should be earned. It shouldn't be given to you based on, you know, who you were, your history, anything like that. That's just kind of weird to me. So you got a Cincy fan talking with LP. We'll be right back in a second. Hi, I'm Princess and I'm Queen. This is Daddy. You have to say, and this is a Cincy fan talking with LP. And this is a Cincy fan talking with LP Daddy. Nice job. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to the Cincy Fan Talking with LP, and of course, this is LP. So the Chicago Sky got themselves the WNBA championship. Um, beat the Phoenix Mercury three games to one. Um, it, it was a pretty entertaining series to watch, to be honest. Um, I'm I'm a hoop head, so if, if the hoop is quality, um, I'm watching it. And for a very long time, women's hoops has been more than quality, <laughs> definitely more than quality. Um, Vandersloot, Quigley, uh, Parker, they they got the job done. They, they really did. And the Mercury saying, you know, they got, they got a pretty good squad. They always do. Diana Taurasi going to bring it. Uh, Griner going to bring it. But to watch Vandersloot and Quigley in the backcourt, man, they, they was getting it done. I was surprised when they know what named MVP for real. Like, they – I wouldn't say they dominated the ball because they didn't. I mean, they got it out to the right people, and people just hit shots, man. And you definitely got to respect that. Um, for me, um, women's hoops, it's 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 kind of been it's kind of been bred in me for a while. Um, I coach um, girls basketball at the middle school level. Um, I, I would say my first taste of women's hoops. Um, came to me in the form of a, a pickup game, <laughs> as a matter of fact. So, you know, um, I, I'm an Ohio State grad, and this was this was like 90, probably like 98, summertime or something like that. So, you know, we we, we up in the spot. We, we hooping. You know, we, we running people off the court. You know, we, we out here getting dubs. In walks, um, it was two or three um, ladies and a couple fellas. And they all like, we got next. Now, coming from where I came from, I, I've I've seen women do their thing on the hoop court, like real life, do their thing. You know, behind the back passes, step back jays, and all that. So when they say they got next, they like they got next. You know, I I, I gave it no mind. You know, I saw other couple people like you know kind of sniggling and giggling, and you know we on the court, we hooping. And I happen to look at who got next, and I'm like, oh, my God, we about to get popped. We realize we're about to get drilled. And like I said, I've been keeping up on, college, on on women's hoops for a while. So I'm looking over, and who just stepped in the gym was, I'll never forget it. It was it was Shannon Pee Wee Johnson and Katie Smith and, and a couple fellas who, who I don't know. And I'm like, we about to lose. We about to really lose. Like we, I really feel like getting off the court. You know, I wanted to run for a while. And I'm like, as we playing, I'm thinking in my head, the end game is not to get embarrassed. Cause like I've seen Pee Wee Johnson on the court. Like 
she can go. And Katie Smith ended up setting all types of records at Ohio State. Like, like they can really go. Like, like on a professional level. Like, I'm not ready for this. Like, <laughs> and looking back on it, I'm I'm really happy stuff like YouTube and stuff like that, you know, uh, Instagram and TikTok. I'm really happy that that stuff wasn't out there back then. I'm like, the end game here is not to lose 16-0. I'm like, I feel confident about my defensive skills. Like, I don't think I'll get crossed. But what if I do? <laughs> in front of everybody in the gym. Like, I got to walk around campus. Like, Ohio State is one of the biggest campuses in America. Like, I don't want people pointing at my ankles while they... Why they looking at me and I'm like, I'm I'm running point. So I'm probably gonna see Pee-Wee. Like all of this is in my head while we're playing against the team that we playing against on in pickup. Like we we dotting them. It's like it was like eleven three when they walked in the gym. I'm like, this ain't gonna be good. I thought about missing shots on purpose, like to make the game go longer. So maybe they'll like pick up another court or something like that. Yeah, that didn't happen. They had next. They stretching. You know, they 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 getting it in. Like, I mean, we about to get popped. So the game and we win 16-something. And they step on the court. And I don't think my homies knew who we were playing. Like, they wasn't talking crazy because, like I said, where we were from, we, we've seen women do their thing on the court. Like, we'll be out just just hooping in the hood and some girls will come up and be like, you know, we got next. And people that's not from our hood will be like, ah, <laughs> and we just looking at them like, yeah, you might want to keep your mouth shut, champ. Man, man we about to dot them. I'm like, okay, you got hurt. <laughs> and we just be looking while, while homegirl just, just giving him that work. And we just looking like, I mean, we tried to tell you. like, <laughs> So, what we're looking at, like, isn't foreign to us. Well, yeah, it wasn't foreign to us. But I don't think that my homies knew exactly who we were playing. Um, and I I think that they were in, like, some kind of professional league back then. Um, I think that from what I remember, I think it was, like, the Columbus Quest or something like that. So... You know, like they professionals, like, <laughs> and and I remember one of my homies going like, "Hey man, I got her pointing to Katie Smith," and I'm like, "Y'all right, get her, <laughs> like, go ahead, homie, that's you, that's all you, you do your thing." So we we hooping. Um, I think we went up like two zip. You know, I got like a little dinky put back. Um, somebody else got a little dinky put back. Like it wasn't nothing major. Like we didn't we didn't do nothing amazing. Like we just got a rebound, hit a shot. So we up two nothing. Those are the last two points we scored. The first two points we scored was the last two points. And it was like you couldn't leave nobody open. It wasn't like one person dominated the game it was like a group domination effort like like it wasn't like nobody got crossed up or it wasn't like somebody just got dropped on their back or something like that it was it was just a precise 
it was just a it was just a precise ass whooping. Like <laughs> that's what it was. Like it was it was surgical. Like you would see one girl cut and like Pee Wee just hit her right on the cut. Like dang, who 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 had her? I don't know. <laughs> like you like they'll bring the ball down the court, work it around, dump it in the dude on the inside, somebody hit the cut. Fuck it. It was like they didn't miss. Like the first two shots that they missed were the last two shots that they missed. And I'm like, why are they not missing? Like, like I'm up on somebody, hand and face. Like, you know, I'm I'm ready. Couple dribbles, she put the ball up. I'm like, wow. And and I just turned around, looked at her. Good shot. She like, thanks. Like that, they wasn't even trash talking, and that, that's when you know you getting dumped. That's when you know you getting bodied. Like it, they wasn't even no nobody was even trash talking. It was like they they just getting a workout. We was like we we were like the pavement around like a field, and they were just jogging. Like that that's what it felt like. So we get dotted sixteen two. Um, I, I was proud to say, other than the score, nobody got super embarrassed. Like. It wasn't like somebody like, oh, as the crossover happened. Um, nobody got dunked on. Or nobody got a oop thrown on. Them. It was it was just surgical, man, like precise. Field goal percentage for them was like, what, 91%? <laughs> so when I tell people this, I'll be like, for, for one, when you when you watch a women's game, and I noticed this when I was coaching middle school girls basketball, they like they would my middle school girls they would take the direction so well, and it would be like they would get to the spots they needed to get to, and if they needed to like kind of freestyle off of that, you know, make a different cut or something like that, they would. But the way that they took direction was just absolutely awesome, and I was coaching the boys and the girls team at this point. So I would have the boys and I noticed like they would just want to do what they want to do sometimes. Like they saw something in a basketball game, you know, the pros, and they wanted to do that. Like you can't do that. You're traveling. No, no, I saw so-and-so do that. Like that's a travel. Whereas when I was teaching the girls, they would be like, okay, so I do this. And they like, I'm like, yeah. And they would get it done. Like, well, it, it, it was really good to see. And, just from that point, I realized that, and I realized this a long time ago, but coaching it made it just kind of get crystal clear. The games are literally the same. <laughs> like when people say, oh, no, you know, the, the women's game is this and the men's game is this. The game is literally the same. There are some things that men do better and there are some things that women do better on a hoop court. That's that's life. And when I say some things men do better, I mean like specific men. I don't mean like every man. And when I say women, I, I mean specific women, not every woman. And when you merge them together, the stuff that the men do better and the stuff that the women do better, you end up with a game that's 100% the same. If you want to say, oh, well, men, men dunk and women don't in the women's game, isn't as flashy as the men's game. 
sit down and watch a women's hoop game and tell me it's not flashy and you don't see the behind the back passes and you don't see the cuts and you don't see the the sweet jump shots and stuff like that because you do just because they're not dunking it doesn't mean that the game isn't as fun or as brilliant or as inventive because it really is and and when i when i sat back and i was watching like the WNBA championship i'm like this should definitely be on everybody's radar because you're watching the best of the best play you you really are and they showed that i mean it was some it was some really good games during that series and i feel like well i won't say a lot of people missed it because the ratings were up but i just feel like more people should should understand and give props to the women's game because it, it's an awesome game and for for my money, I really don't see a difference between the men's game and the women's game. People will say, well, you know, the men's game is more um, high tempo and this, that, and the third. And like, I just don't agree with that because that same high octane tempo is seen in the women's game. It really is. And I mean, you, you got to watch it to understand it. Yeah, I, I mean, you really do. So that's my take on that. Um, Definitely check out Insecure. That'll be on um, on Sunday. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. That's 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 one of my shows. And like I said before, I said this a long time ago. If your show is is really good and it's written well and it gives me a perspective that that I can think about, I'll watch it faithfully. Like <laughs> so, I mean that that's me. And Insecure is one of those shows. And honestly, it's it's just cool to see a take on the black experience that that isn't so overdone because as much as I like snowfall, I feel like it's starting to fall into that realm of like power and the power book and BMF and all of those shows. I feel like, I feel like we get the same experience as, as black entertainment, I feel like we get that same experience recycled over and over and over again. And at some point you just get tired. Like, like we, we've seen that depiction so many times. I mean, how many more fresh takes can you get on that? That's why I kind of like snowfall because the take is different, but it's kind of sort of the same thing. At the same time, the take is like, it was different at the time until a lot of people started copying it. With Insecure, what you're really looking at is a relationship between two black women that are best friends and everything spins off of that. So what you're looking at is something that's, it's more relatable to everybody. It's more relatable to people because they'd be like, you know, me and my friend go through that all the time. You know, we go through that at our, at our jobs. We go through that with other people, we go through that with our outside friends and stuff like that. It's just a more relatable experience. As good as shows like Power are and stuff like that, I don't think a lot of people can relate to those as much as they can just the everyday life of things, like Insecure shows. So um, I'll be on that. We'll, we'll see how that goes. I'm looking forward to that. And looking forward to getting some sleep because this has been a crazy last couple of days. So... I'll go ahead and work on that. Um, and y'all go ahead and work on catching the pod next week. 
because, you know, we'll be here. <laughs> and as always, life is good, y'all. Peace out. you're not ready for the conversation to end i'm not either make sure to catch me on twitter that's the sensi fan talking leave off the g at the end of it and we can keep the conversation going also don't be afraid to hit that subscribe button so you can catch the next episodes the episodes will drop every tuesday if there's a change in that i'll make sure to let you know appreciate the support as always life is good